Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Shout hallelujah. Gotta set the tone. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. I'm in my year of Jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you that we're open and we're ready. Get the glory out of everything today. God, as we begin not only this new series, but we begin the second half. And we begin a new month. I pray, God, that as we move in this, God, that what you release today set the tone for us. That we would experience the greatest six months of life we've lived yet. That we'd experience the best half of life that we've seen yet. I pray, God, that you would supply abundantly over these next six months. I pray that what we'd ask for, you'd answer. I pray that what we worship for, we'd walk in. I pray that what we've sown for, we'd see it with our own eyes. I cancel the spirit of discouragement. Come on here. I pray, God, that we would be discouraged and enthusiastic about the second half of this year. I pray, God, that we would get fire back for the second half. I pray that you give us a second win for the second half. Don't let us walk into this second half the same way we walked into the first half. Increase our faith. Yeah, Increase our faith, God. Let us believe that you're the God of the impossible. Let us believe that you're the God that can do anything but fail. Let us believe that you're the God that makes all things work together for our good. God, we cancel doubt and we cancel unbelief, which is a conscious decision not to believe. And we tell you that we believe you and we believe your word. None of this is for us. This is all for your glory. Get the glory out of our lives, God. Get the glory out of our story. Get the glory out of our journey and for that we say thank you in Jesus name somebody say yes Lord on your way to your seat high five two or three people say welcome to summer school welcome to summer school 
online, tag somebody, like the video, tell us where you're watching from and share. When you share, people get saved. Now listen, this new series we're starting today is called Summer School. Say Summer School. Here's why, to eliminate unnecessary destruction in any area of your life. Listen to me, your days of self-sabotage are over. I'm going to say it again. Your days of self-sabotage are over. Sabotage is an intentional act to impede, obstruct, or interfere with advancement and acceleration. And sabotage can come from two sources. External, which means something outside of you happens that can sabotage you. And for many of you, your test in the first half was to survive the external sabotage. Y'all better talk. Your test in the first half was to survive external influences that were trying to block you, trying to stop you, trying to rob you of what God had ordained for your life. But sometimes it, a sabotage can come internally, which means it's you trying to stop you. It's like living with one foot on the pedal with the gas, and then you got another foot on the brakes. Hear me? And this second half you're taking that pedal off the brake and you're going to be all gas in the second half this isn't my first time saying that i'm repeating it because i need you to understand what's about to happen i need you to touch somebody close to you say it's all gas in the second half wrong neighbor when you release something like that they ought to put a praise behind it because they're excited that if you going for it i'm going for it if you accelerating i'm accelerating if you advancing i'm advancing touch another person please say it's all gas in the second half go if they didn't like you back then they gonna hate you in the second half why because you're about to see god do the biggest miracles in your life you're about to see your biggest blessing in your life you're about to have the more, most money in your hands you've ever had you're about to be closer to jesus like you've never been open up your mouth say i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready two types of sabotage external sabotage internal sabotage and hear me, your days of sabotage have come to their conclusion. How do you know that, Bishop? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says this. My people, so this is the Lord speaking. He says they're destroyed. Watch me, not because of the devil, not because of their mom and them, not because of the enemy, not because of who don't like them, not because of who talks about them. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then he's specific about the type of knowledge. Because many people, you have scholastic knowledge, but you don't have spiritual knowledge. So you can, watch me, you can read, write, and do arithmetic, but you can't fight a spirit. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You can read, write, and do arithmetic, but if somebody talk about you, all of a sudden you're ready to give up. You can read, write, and do arithmetic, but if somebody look at you wrong, all of a sudden now you want to quit God. The devil is a lie and show is your mama now. If they lie. Watch me. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Watch me, of my law. So what does this mean for you and I? This means of my word. Say, of his word. A lot of people say, I want to get closer to God. Well, the way to get closer to God is to get in his word because he is his word. John chapter one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The word became uh, flesh and dwelt among us. Which means, if I want to get closer to him, I get in his word. This is why I get messages. This is why I watch the podcast. This is why I watch the YouTubes. This is why I have messages playing all day. Why? You think I'm just hearing something. Uh-uh. I'm getting closer to my God. Which means the more I hear about him, the closer I get to him. Which is why, watch me, at a certain point, you graduate with your level of maturity where doubt ain't even your issue. Why? We're so close because I'm so into his word that even if something tries to snatch me away, it's ineffective at snatching me away. Why? Because I'm so rooted in him. He's so rooted in him. Me. Which me, The Bible says that, watch me, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you want and you're going to see that thing manifest. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law, which means what? Of my word where I reveal my will. Which means if I want to know God's will for my life, I get in God's word because God's word always 
always reveals his will. If you're uncertain about his will, it's an indictment on your uh, getting into his word. And I need you to look at somebody and say, but that won't be your issue in the second half. Uh, God's about to put a hunger in you for the word. In your house all day, you're going to have messages playing. Your neighbors are going to say, who is that man that I hear in your house all the time? That's my man of God that's speaking God's word into my life. People are going to hear you in your car and say, what is all that noise in your car? That's the word of God from the man of God I've been assigned to. And the more I hear the word, the closer I get to God. He says, well, I reveal my will because you, watch me, the priestly nation have rejected knowledge. Here's what God says. God says, my issue with my people is that my people have rejected knowledge. Watch me. He says, and since you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being my priest. Now you say, Bishop, how do we reject knowledge? We reject it by not making it part of our routine. See how quiet I got? You reject anything that you don't make a part of your routine. You reject anything that you don't make part of your regular practice. So it says, because you have rejected knowledge, the next part of the verse says this. It says, I will also reject you from being my priest. Now, there's a distinction here. There are two types of uh, um, seats that people would often sit in in what we look at and call our Old Testament. The first is the seat of the prophet. The second is the seat of the priest. Say prophet, prophet. priest. Okay, the prophet would go to the people on behalf of God. See, the prophet would get a word from the Lord and then say to the people, thus saith the Lord. The priest, though, would go to God on behalf of the people. So the priest would go and say, so-and-so got this issue, so-and-so got this issue, so-and-so got this issue, so let me sit in the seat of a priest. Now pay attention. It says, I will reject you from being my priest. Here's what it says. You will feel distance from me every time you come to me because you refuse to learn more about me. It's quiet in here. See, I need to make sure I'm not preaching to some people that just say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, but never say, God, but I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know. Is there anybody in this building or online where you can say, I have so graduated beyond cash, cars, and clothes. I want to know Christ in a way that I've not known him before. Because if I get God, I get everything that comes with God. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. If I get the Lord, I get everything that comes with the Lord. When God shows up, favor shows up, breakthrough shows up, answers show up, wisdom show up. Everything I need, I get when I get him, but I can't just chase the stuff that's in his hand and not actually want to be like him. He says, since you have forgotten the law, the word of your God, listen to this next part, I will forget your children. Uh Uh-oh, what's this mean? God says, anything you produce, God says, just like you acting brand new with me, Anything you produce, I'm going to act brand new with it. So it's not just your natural children. He says, I'm going to forget your business. The worst thing to do is to be somebody that was on the climb and on the rise. But because you got out of order, God says, I got to shut that down. We're about to bind something in the spirit. What does that mean, bind it? We're about to lock it up. I bind you, watch me, being a self-saboteur in this second half. You are not going to do something that causes God to have to forget what you're producing in the second half. He won't forget your business. He won't forget your children. He won't forget your nonprofit. He won't forget whatever you're trying to produce. Why? Because you will not forget him. I bind the spirit of self-sabotage in Jesus' name. Let me teach you all something. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. To bind something up. Would you come? To bind something up. What do I have? What I got? Uh, somebody got belt? 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 String? Belt? String? Cord? Thank you for your belt. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. The Lord has need of your belt. 
You own it. I appreciate you. Okay, let's wrap this around you. Okay, ready? All right, watch me. See, if you don't bind certain things up, Watch me. See, see somebody said, uh, rebuking and binding, rebuking and binding, rebuking and binding. There are certain things that because you won't bind it up, it's loose in your life. It's loose in your house. It's tearing your stuff up. Watch me. You trying to enjoy what you built and what you worked for, but because you wouldn't bind that thing up, that spirit is loose in your house. It's loose in your children. It's loose in your marriage. Oh, it's loose in your mind. But when we bind something, what we do? Is we say, no, I got to lock this up because you ain't going to be tearing up my house, tearing up my mind, tearing up my finances, tearing up my children. So I'm going to say it again and act like you heard what I said. I rebuke the spirit and bind the spirit of self-sabotage. You're not going to make stupid decisions that end up canceling what you prayed for. If you agree with that, release a praise right there. Go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 7, he says, the more they multiplied, increased in number and increased in power, the more they sinned against me. Pay attention. God says, here's what I don't get about my people. He said, when they need something, they're the most faithful to church. They're the most faithful to serving. They're the most faithful. But the moment they think they got a little something, he said, the more they increase, the more they come against me. Watch what, watch what we're about to cancel. Because here's what he promises. And here you say, I don't have to believe that. You don't have to believe it. You, your belief of what he said doesn't change the veracity and the potency of what he said. You don't have to believe in gravity. Step on top of this building and step off. And I guarantee you, you're going to need a miracle afterwards. You can say, I don't believe I have to drink water. Go a few days without drinking water, and I can guarantee you, you're going to need all of us at the hospital to try to pray you back. See, just because you don't believe what he said doesn't change what he said. You ready? He's a God, not a genie, which means he doesn't have to negotiate with us predicated upon what we choose to believe. Only the American Jesus does that. But the Jesus of the Bible, he says, I said what I said, and I meant what I said, and just because you don't like what I said ain't going to make me change what I said, because I am that that I am. I am King of kings and Lord of lords, and the great I... Here's what we're about to do. He says, because the more they increase and multiply, the more they sinned against me, I will change their glory into what? Shame. Which means God says, everywhere you were celebrating, if you choose to reject knowledge... Where you were celebrating is not going to be an area of shame. Can I give you some examples? You ever seen people that when they got together with somebody, it was glorious. But then once they got together, they forgot the God. Y'all like say, you ever seen somebody get a job and they get the job and it's glorious. They walking around. I can't serve. I got to work. I can't do this. I got to work. I can't do this. I got to work. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, you're like, well, what's going on with your job? Huh? I can't stand them people. I don't like that job. Well, what happened? I thought it was glorious six months ago. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. You ever met somebody that watched me that they got a little relationship? And when they got that relationship, watch me. It was glorious at first. And then all of a sudden, a few months down the road, you're like, where's so-and-so? Huh? It is because for some, in the middle of your increase, in the middle of your multiplication, it can make you think that what you did to get it, you don't have to keep doing to keep it. 
It was your devotion to God that got you blessed. Y'all not going to talk. It was your serve that got you blessed. It was your faithful giving that got you blessed. It was you giving God glory that got you blessed. So if that's what got me blessed, I got to continue that so I stay blessed. And in this second half, let's bind this up. I bind up that God would have to change any glory into shame. You will not be ashamed in the second half. I rebuke shame over the second half because you will continue to give God glory. So he won't have to change your glory into shame. If you agree with that, say yes, Lord, right there. So what is summer school? The thought of summer school sounds to many crazy. I ain't trying to go to no school in no summer. Number one, it's courses held during school summer vacations taken, pay attention, for remedial purposes. Now, often when you hear remedial, you often think of less than, but the word remedy actually means a cure. The word remedial comes from the word remedy, which means it's a cure, which means there are certain things that God says while everybody else is out of class, I'm going to have you in class because I'm going to cure you before you get to your next class. So this month of July, God says, I'm about to cure some things that have been going on with you. I'm about to give you some remedies. There's some things that, watch me, that come August, you are not going to have that issue. While everybody else is just going back to class for the first time, I'm going to get you healed in the summertime. I'm going to kill you in the summertime. I'm going to give you the solution in the summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Summertime. But then number two, here's my shout. Summer school is also for professional or personal advancement. Which means it's easier for me to get the lesson when it's not a bunch of extra people around. Bishop Foreman, what in the world do you mean? I need you to hear me. For many of you, there's been people that God has dismissed from your life and I need you to be okay with who he said had to go because God says I'm about to put you in school right now and while I got you in school you're going to be advancing while I got you in school you're going to be accelerated this is for your professional and this is for your personal advancement so when you come out of July you're going to be way further than you were when you came into this month I need to see the worship of those that are excited about your advancement and your acceleration What's advancement? I'm going further. What's acceleration? Faster. I need you to touch somebody and say, we're going further, faster. We're... By the time I get to the month of August, you're going to be like, how did all of that happen in 31 days? By the time I get to the month of August, you're going to see this change, that change, that change, that change, that change. Everything's about to come together in the month of July. Y'all ready? So what does this mean? What does this mean? At a time when many retreat, you're going to advance. Because everybody right now, over here. Everybody right now, chilling. Everybody right now, vacationing. God says, I got you though. I got you over here learning. I got you over here getting your finances together. Because for some of you in the second half, you won't have to work. I ain't playing with y'all. I, I got you. I, I got you getting things together. There, there's some stuff that looked like it was tore up. Some stuff that looked like it was ripped apart. But in this second half, God says, I'm about to tape some things and put some things together for you. 
because the picture's finally about to make sense for you. God says, in this second, in this summer school, I got some things I'm getting ready to cut away from you. Some people I'm getting ready to cut away from you. I got some attitudes I'm getting ready to cut away from you. Why? Because when everybody else is retreating, you and I are going to be advancing and accelerating. 915, please release this in the atmosphere. Say, I'm advancing and accelerating. And he picked summer to do it for us. Because he said, while everybody else is pulling back, they're going to be like, how you make all that money in July? I'll talk over here. When everybody else is pulling back, they're going to be like, how did you get so spiritual? Oh. While everybody else is retreating, you're going to be advancing and accelerating. Watch me. You're going to get degrees when other people... You're going to complete some things this summer when other people are... Lift your hand say, I'm advancing and accelerating. So this message is called, let's go, you ready? That I could stop right there and that would be enough to shout about. This message is called the Omni God. Say the Omni God. To introduce you to the four Omnis that God is. Say school is in session. Time is time. Time for your checkup. <laughs> What's that, Doc McStuffins? Does she still come on? Yes, I don't know. Some of you are like, who is Doc McStuffins? This is a cartoon. All right, let's go. Um, to teach you the four omnis that God is. This is important uh, because I want to introduce you to your God in a deeper way. Say, Lord, I want to see you in a deeper way. There's four omnis that the scripture teaches us that God is. But first, let's back it up. God is not God's name. God is a title that comes from a 6th century Germanic term, the word gudan. The word God, which means, pay attention, since it's a title, anything could be your God. So we got to make sure at the beginning of summer school that we are clear on who your God is. Because for some of you, watch me, your marriage has been your God because you bow down to it. Y'all ain't going to send them. Your children have been your God because you bow down to them. Your job has been your God because you bow down to it. Watch me. What does the word God mean? It means, pay attention, to call upon, to request a, who do you run to? Because that's who your God is. You ready? You ready for this? Some of you have made yourself a God. Because you've been so disappointed with people that you don't even go to God first. You go to you first and check with you about what you think you should do. But in this second half, I'm calling upon Jehovah Jireh. I'm calling upon Jehovah Nisi. I'm calling upon Elohim, El Shaddai. Come on, somebody say, I call upon the Lord, not myself. Number two, it means to invoke. Who do you appeal to? So number one, who do you run to? But number two, who do you appeal to? Who is it that you go to when you got an issue with somebody? Because for many of you, you ready? When you have an issue, you appeal to yourself. You appeal to your family. You appeal to people who don't have anything. The worst thing to do is to be going somewhere talking to somebody that had never been nowhere. I pray that in the second half, you don't consult cursed people about how to be blessed. I pray that you don't consult people that God ain't working with and working on about how to get worked with and worked on. Third definition of God, it means to libate. This means to pour out to him. Question, who do, who do you tell all your business to? Because for some of you, you've made your best friend your God. Because that's who you pour out to. God says, you telling them everything. You ain't told me nothing. 
See how quiet it's getting in the building? Come on. We can't start school and you're not clear on who the superintendent is. We can't start school and you not be clear on who runs this show. You ready? God says, who do you pour out to? It is easy for us to pour out to people. It's easy for us to pour out to people that this my friend, this my this, this my that. And God says, okay, that's cool, but you didn't even come to me first. For, for many Christians, God is an accessory. It's quiet in summer school. That's okay. We're going to shout. I'm going to shout you. What does this mean? You go to everything else first, then to God. You get bad news. You go check your bank account instead of saying, God, I need you to handle this. Number three, it means your, or number four, excuse me, it means your source. This is what the word God means, your source. In other words, who do you get your info from? For some of you, you ready? Instagram is your God. Because you Look, look, you say it right here. They say it right here. YouTube has become your God. Facebook has become your God. Oh, you ready? Your past has become your God because you consult your past about what's happening in your present, which explains why you never make it to your future. But in this second half, we're going to get all of our information from the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that God won't use other sources to get information to me, but those are resources. He is my ultimate source. Let me make it plain for you. God's going to show you how to make the business work. God's going to show you how to get results. God's going to show you how to lose weight. God's going to show you. Y'all not going to talk to me at this 950. God's going to show you how to do well and whatever you set your hand to. Now, he'll use resources, but he is ultimately your source. Open your mouth, 915. Tell him, say, God, you are my source. He can use resources, but I, but I went to him first. You ready? It means origin. Uh-oh. Who do you ascribe your origin to? For many of you, you're so, you're so obsessed with all of these different things. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. You're so obsessed with all of these labels that you never, ever checked where you came from. You're, I'm a single black woman. I'm a single white woman. I'm a woman. I'm a, I'm a this. I'm a that. 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 And God is like, you my son first. You my daughter first. No wonder why you acting thirsty and brand new because you're so, you so busy putting titles on yourself that you forgot that I'm the one that made you. It is the Lord that has made us and not we ourselves. Jeremiah 1 says, before I formed you, before I formed you, before I formed you, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Stop acting brand new when I'm the God that made you. Just the person next to you say, he is your origin. So you're so, you're so focused on all the other labels that we didn't check your origin. Here's the last one. Source means authority. Uh-oh. Who really has authority in your life? As a pastor, I'd be honest. Now, for most Christians, God is not their authority. This is not. Because it's reflected in your actions. Who your authority is reflects in your actions. Because if he's your authority, you don't do anything in your actions that disrespects the authority. You can be quiet all you want. I ain't stunning you. You ready? Well, which means huh, if the authority is A, I don't do anything outside of the authority. Watch me. Be not just because of the authority of man. You ready? But because I don't want to offend the authority of God. 
So the scripture says, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. Which means the reason I, you got to shut your mouth sometimes is because the authority of God says, shut the hell up. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. The authority of God says, even though you want to get vengeance, don't get vengeance because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Even though you want to clap back on somebody, the authority of God says, don't clap back because I'll clap back for you. Touch your neighbor, say, make him your authority. I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word, Gehenna which means hot trash, Hebrew word, Hebrew word, Hebrew word, sheol, which means death. Secondary Greek word, tartarus, which means underworld. So don't accuse me of cussing. I was cussing, I tell you. Ready? If he's authority, ready? There are certain things that we don't do because he's our authority. And it's not that I didn't want to. It's just that since he's my authority, I don't. You ever wanted to hate somebody? Question 915. You ever had people, maybe I'm the only one, you ever had people who do things and you think to yourself, I know this Mark want me to hate them. Am I the only one waving me online? You're like, I know you want me to hate you. You sat up and said, what can I do to make him hate me? But why can I not hate because the authority I'm under says love. Which means sometimes, you ready? The only way to deal with it is just smile and say, praise the Lord. Would you practice with the person on your left and your right? Just smile on them and say, praise the Lord. I, I know you can't wait to get back to the office on Wednesday to let that girl know exactly how you feel. But all you're going to have to do is smile and God going to deal with her, all right? He's my authority, which means, watch me, why am I a faithful giver? Because my authority said to faithfully give. It's not an issue, but I feel like I'm blessed enough now, I'm going to stop sowing. Dummy, stop drinking bleach, please. Put the bleach down. Okay, bleach is not healthy. You're in summer school, it's not healthy. Ready? This is why he said to. Why do I give him excellence in everything that I do? It's not that sometimes I don't want to be sloppy like the people that, okay. It's that he said he wants excellence. So because he's my authority, I give him what he asked for. You don't give God a hamburger and he asked for a steak. You ready? Could you imagine going to a restaurant and I mean, you hungry too. You ever got to a restaurant where, like, you showed up and you were like, it's already, it's, look, close that menu up. It's already on. Hello, how you doing? I'm so and so. We'll be taking care of today. Look, look here. I want water with lemon. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. I want that. We good. You have been sitting at the table and somebody else, they've taken a long time to order. So tell me about the jambalaya. But read the paper. <laughs> Look at the picture. <laughs> well, tell me about the gumbo. Is it authentic? Authentic to who? Ready? God says, when I showed up, you ready? And I took my seat. Listen to me now, 15. Bible says that he's enthroned on the praises of his people. Which means God says, when I showed up and took my seat, I made my order and I told you exactly what I wanted from you. Don't bring me 
no grilled cheese when I asked you for some jambalaya. Don't bring, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Don't bring me no Campbell's chicken noodle soup when I ask you for some gumbo. What are you trying to tell me? That when you give God what he asked for, he's gonna give you what you... And in this second half, you better get ready because God says, you've been giving me what I've been asking for. So I'm about to give you what you've been asking for. Lift your hand and say, he is my authority. So watch me. So, so you said, Bishop, God is not God's name. So what is his name? His name is Yudhewahweh, Y-H-W-H. In the scripture, in your Bibles, you see when Lord is all capitalized. And it's Yahweh in English. It's Jehovah. Or excuse me. In English, it's Jehovah. Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Think of Yudhewahweh as like your full name. Say my full name. You know, Christopher Michael uh, Jenkins. Whatever. Okay? Yudhewahweh. Right? Now, if we just call you Christopher, that's the Hebrew. Chris, that's the English. It just means the Lord. Say the Lord. Lord. This is different than Savior. At every award ceremony, it's just, I want to thank my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Giving me this gift, you know what I mean? Giving me this skill, giving me this talent. Okay, him saving you is different than him being your Lord. Okay, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Okay, uh, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Okay, all right, all right. So this, you know, struggle. Give me a struggle like you're struggling. Like you're struggling. Ready? Action. You're struggling. Okay? okay. So dramatic. You ready? So watch me. Here's, here's Savior. I got you. I got you. Here's Lord. Go sit in the class. And follow my instructions. Can I go to the bathroom? It ain't bathroom break time right now. Lord, can I just have one day where I act foolish? Nope. You don't get one day. Why? Your future is too important for you to start tripping now. Your second half is too important for you to act a fool now. If he's my Lord, that means he runs me. That means he rules over me. That means what God says goes all day, every day. Tell him 915, say, God, what you say? is the end of the discussion. For many Christians, and here's what's going to make the difference with you, because you're about to have fruit that other Christians don't have. For many Christians, he's their savior. Let's go back. Let's go back. He's their savior. Every time they need some, Lord, just, Lord, if you get me out of this, I got you, I got you, I got you. And then, and then they, they do good for two weeks. They on prayer faithfully for two weeks. Ready? But the problem is because he never was your Lord. You never let him school you based on his word because he is his word, which is why we come to church to get the word. Now you need to be saved again. And sometimes, you ready? The second time, He'll leave you for a minute because he's saying, how many times we going to keep going through this same thing over and over and over again? You ready? But he'll save you. Somebody say, he is a savior. And then he'll get you up and he'll stand you up. What they say? He'll put your feet on solid ground. And, all right. You ready? You ready? And then he'll turn you around. And then, okay, good. So watch me. Then you begin to increase again. Then you begin to do well again. 
One of the most interesting things about human behavior is how we act with what we think we'll never lose. I'm going to say it over here. One of the most interesting things about human behavior is how we treat what we think we'll never lose. Okay? So now you're in another situation. You're in another situation now. You're in another situation. Oh, you mad too. Oh, you angry. Mm, tearing stuff up. No, go on, tell you. Tearing stuff up. Oh, you made a mess of it. Oh, wow. Oh, your little vacation didn't work out. Mm, mm, mm. Your little rendezvous didn't turn into nothing, huh? Mm. Ooh, y'all were supposed to meet by the water. They ghosted you. Mm. Uh, mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was supposed to be. It's supposed to be the best days of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you, but, but, but you constantly don't do what I say because I'm not your Lord. I'm just your Savior. So, Lord, where are you at? I'm not your Lord. So, who are you talking to? Run to your mama, because that's who you go to first know-how. Y'all ain't going to send it to Run to your checking account. That's who you run to first know-how. Run to your husband. That's who you run to first know-how. What you'll discover is they can't do what I can do. What you'll discover is they can't answer the way that I answer. What you'll discover is they can't lead you the way that I lead. So I'll come and be your savior once again. But this time, you're going to have to make me your Lord, which means you're going to have to submit yourself to what I said. Come on, open your mouth, 915. Say, God, you said it. I believe it that settles it so here are the four omnis of god the four omnis of god number one god is we got to go omnipotent this means he has unlimited power god has unlimited power now the worst thing to do is to live on limited power when you have unlimited power i pray that god give us an abundance mentality how do you know you're living on a less than abundant mentality is because you scraping a little last piece of, of toothpaste You got enough money to get you 400 toothpaste. But you scared, uh-uh, we finna get all this toothpaste up out of here. Now, there's nothing wrong with good stewardship. That's management. But an abundance mentality says, if I serve a God that has unlimited power, why in the world do I keep acting like it's a power bank when it's a power plant? Y'all know them little power banks that you, that you, you know, them little things you get? You charge your phone up when you're in the airport, you do little stuff like that? All right, that's a little power bank. This will run out. But we don't serve a God that's a power bank. We believe in a God, watch me, that's a power plant. He's the source of power, and his power is unlimited. Say it's unlimited. We got to go. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, of all people. Is there anything too hard for me? God says, I have unlimited power. So why are you tripping? You act like that's too hard for me. I gave you my word to show you that nothing's too hard for me. When they were standing in a body of water and they couldn't get into it because they had two million people, they couldn't swim. You saw my power open up the Red Sea. When they didn't have food and they cried out for bread, you saw my power release bread out of heaven. They call it angel food. When they didn't have water to drink, I told Moses, speak to a rock and I'm going to make the aquifers of the earth open up and produce water for you. When there was a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, 12, Mencia decided this is the way my life is going to be. You saw my power dry up her issue of blood. So why in the world are you acting like your issue is too hard for me? Open up your mouth say, he has unlimited power. So let me give you an example. Psalm 106 verse 8. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake that he might make his supreme power known. Amen. In other words, God says, there are certain things that I do to protect my name, but to show you my power. 
Now, let's just check the room. Let's check online. How many can be honest that if you're really honest, your life, while you may not be where you want to be, you can thank God you're not where you used to be, but here's the catch. But there's no explanation for where you're at other than his power. I hope you're not an arrogant stuck up somebody that he's going to have to humble because pride comes before falls. I wish if there was those of us in this building and online that knew that the only reason I am where I am is because of God's power. I need you to open your mouth and release a praise for five seconds. Go five, four, three. Come on, you two. Come on, it's his power. There's no other explanation. No other explanation. It's God's power. Number two, God is omniscient. Say omniscient. Omni means all or infinite. Okay? So when you see omni, unlimited power. Omniscient, unlimited or infinite knowledge. It means it's infinite. Finite means it has an end. Infinite means it has no end. Which means God knows everything there is to know about everything. So this is why it's crazy that you're asking everybody else but God. I pray God give you the strategy. He give you the ideas. He give, Watch me. You will do well in the midst of people that are scratching, fussing, fighting, trying to get things done. Because God will give you knowledge that came from him. You're not just going to have knowledge. I pray you have divine knowledge. Oh, God. This means this stuff is supernatural. What I know, everybody don't know. My hookup, everybody don't have. The way to get it done, everybody can't get it done. Say infinite knowledge. Psalm 147.5. Great is our majestic and mighty Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is inexhaustible. This means it's infinite and it is what? Boundless. Okay. Let me give you an example of this. In John 6.6, there's 5,000 men plus those women and children. And uh, Jesus is like, feed the people. They're like, no, Lord, send them away. See, some of you, you keep avoiding the problem you were sent to solve. I'll talk over here because they ain't saying nothing over there. For some of you, you keep avoiding the problem you were sent to solve. God, somebody need to deal with this. I'll tell you who needs to deal with it. Would you look at the person and say, it's yours to handle. I don't like the way they said that. They didn't say that with authority. Look at somebody else. Please say, it's your problem to solve. So, so his disciples, the 12, were like, Lord, send these people away. That's too many people. We're not even going to try to do this. And Jesus is like, no, you feed them. Watch me. He knew they didn't have what they needed to feed them. He knows exactly where your deficits are. So he knows what you don't have. And you keep comparing what the instruction is to what you currently have. Not understanding he already knows your deficit in the first place. Moses, go be my spokesman. I can't speak well. Go do what I said. And will somebody say, go do what you were told, please. Stop running your mouth and just follow instructions. Ready? So his disciples are like, send them away. They said, it's going to cost a whole year's wages to feed these people. This is too many people to feed. This is too much. It's too much. We can't do it. Now, think about it. God Almighty says, feed the people. They tell omniscient, omnipotent, they tell him, it's too much. Everybody look at me. What have you told? 
God, this is too stressful. God, this is just too much. God, I'm sick of these people. God, I'm tired of dealing with this. God, I'm so frustrated with this. Would you look at the person next to you and say, he already knows your deficit. Tell him, say, he didn't change his decision. Just because you doubting you don't mean he doubting what he said. Just because you doubting you doesn't mean that he's going to change what he decided and decreed. So watch. So, so they say, send him away. It's going to cost too much money to feed them. Jesus said, what do you have? Here's the trip. They didn't even have it. They said, it's a little boy. And there's so many levels of revelation, right? Because if you knew you were going to have a crowd, why didn't you prepare to have provisions for the crowd that was with you? Which meant you never expected the success you prayed for. You asked for it, but you never prepared for it. I wish you'd elbow somebody and say, get ready for what you asked for. Stop praying for money and you only got one bank account and it's only insured up to $250,000. You couldn't possibly want to be a millionaire. You're not prepared for what you asked for. Ready? Okay, there's so many levels of the revelation, so pay attention. Jesus says, what do you have? Well, we don't have anything. But this little boy, this little boy has, the little lad, has two fish and five barley loaves. Ain't even, ain't even no, it ain't even Papa Dough bread. You know, big loaf? And, uh, no, this, 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 that little, this, that, uh, what, what's that? I don't like their bread. Uh, th- no, I like their bread. Uh, it's some restaurant, they bread is hard, mm-hmm, this awful, horrible. I ain't going to say the name of the business. Fishbone Grill. But listen, I didn't say the name of the business. I'm just not a personal fan of their bread. I'm like, it's a lot of crust, not a lot of inner part. You got to kind of rip it out and kind of dip it a little bit. It's just it's too much going on. And then the crust will cut your gums. You got a bloody gums and bloody tongue just trying to have some bread. All right, so listen. So listen. It ain't even no, it's not even big bread. He's just got two fish. His mama packed this lunch for him. This is enough for a little boy. This is not enough for 5,000 men plus women and children. But look what the Bible says, John 6, 6. He says to Philip, where y'all going to get what you need for this? God will tell you to do something and then say, now, how are you going to do it? He'll say, forgive somebody. You were determined to hate. Say, now, how are you going to forgive them? You ready? He was only saying this, testing him. Come on, omniscient. For he already knew what he was about to do. 915, can I tell you this? Whatever test you had in the first half, God says, I already knew what I was about to do in the second half would you please look at somebody close to you say God already knows what he's about to do say he just tested you why because he took the two fish and the five loaves he blessed it then he broke it they gave it to thousands of people and they had 12 baskets of leftovers which means you're about to go from deficit to overflow you're about to go from less than to more than enough you're about to go from trying to figure out where it's going to come from to I got so much help I have so many resources I have the right people the right places the right things the right ideas say I'm living in overflow ready he said, I already knew what I was about to do because I'm omniscient. I already knew 
This wasn't an issue of me not knowing. But look at me. God is not trying to figure nothing out. Like, God, what are we going to do? He's like, you don't think I knew this was going to happen before it happened? You don't think I'm the one that let it happen? So you don't think I know what I'm about to do? Why can we rejoice and shout? And this is not for everybody. This is just for those of us that take confidence in this one thing. That he that has begun a good work in me is going to complete what he started. Why am I not worried? And for some of you, there's been a lot of change in your life. A lot of change around you. Why should you not be worried? Because he already knows what he's about to do. I need you to release a praise. This ain't for everybody. This is just for those of us that are confident in this one thing that he knows what he's about to do. Release a shout right there. Go. He already knows. He already knows. He already knows. He already knows. I ain't worried. He already knows. I'm not concerned. He already knows. God's already got it figured out. And since he never sleeps or slumbers, I'm going to get me some rest. Since he never sleeps or slumbers, I'm going to get me some relaxation. Somebody say, he already knows. Number three. I got to get you these four. Number three. God is omnipresent. Say summer school is in. Can you, do you see why these things are important? Because if you don't know that he already knows, you're going to be sitting up trying to figure it out. And all you got to do is sit in class. Look, all you need to do is get your little coloring sheet. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Because he's already given me the outline. So... So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. You ain't worried about such and such? Nope, I ain't worried a little bit. I ain't even thought about it. Why? Because the God that's provided for me every other year is going to be the God that provides for me this year. Yesterday in my pop-up, yesterday in my pop-up, if you missed it, go watch it. Yesterday in my pop-up, there's a scripture that the Lord gave me, Isaiah 8 and 10. And Isaiah 8 and 10, the spirit of sabotage shows up. Sabotage, we've already talked about it. It's an intentional act to impede, interfere, or obstruct advancement and acceleration. And it showed up in Isaiah 8 and 10. And I looked at several different versions of it. And then I got to one that I was like, ooh, this has got some funk on it. But like a good funk. Because some funk ain't good funk. That's funky. But it's got some funk on it. And in and, and Isaiah 8 10, he said, he said, devise all the plans that you want. He says, but they will not succeed. He said, talk all you want. Run your mouth. He said, but it doesn't matter. He says, because the Lord is with us. Which means, watch me, he already knows what he's going to do. So I'm not concerned because the Lord is with Now, if he with me and you against me, would you elbow somebody saying, the Lord is with us? Number three, he's omnipresent. Omni, he's everywhere at the same time. Proverbs 15 and three. The Lord sees what happens, what? Everywhere. And he's watching us. You know what's crazy? Is we get so obsessed with people seeing what we're doing. That God is like, this is what we're doing? You so worried, watch me. You so worried about people seeing it. God is like, I'm, hello, I'm standing right here. He's watching. Pay attention. God says, this is why you never have to worry about comparing or competing. 
Because God says, I see your faithfulness, ma'am. I see her unfaithfulness, ma'am. I see your faithfulness, sir. I see his unfaithfulness. I'm watching. Watch me. And every good teacher takes notes when it's time to give grades. And what you don't understand is the grades don't always come immediately. Sometimes you have to wait, watch me, until school's out. And I'm going to tell some of y'all, you're about to get your report card in the month of July. I said it three times already. I'm going to say it one more time. And you're about to discover you passed every test you had in the first half. So look at 2 Chronicles 16 to 9. There's only one more. This is for the eye of the Lord run to and fro. What does this mean, the eyes of the Lord? This was their best way to describe God's omnipresence everywhere at the same time. We have eyes. We can only see what we can see. Okay? We can only see what is in the realm or the environment in which we can perceive, in which we can access. So the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. What does this mean? That 100% of the time, all of the time, God is looking at the earth, the whole earth. Not just the United States, not just Denver, not just Northeast Park Hill, not just the south side of Atlanta, not just Miami. Say airwear. And here's what he's looking for. Somebody. He can show himself strong on behalf of, here's the prerequisite, whose heart is loyal to him. Say loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. God says, I'm looking for somebody that is loyal to me in such a way that, watch me, even when people have been disloyal, even when situations have been, is there anybody in the building or online where you've done it? Every person in the Bible that did anything great was always tested in the area of loyalty. Joseph, pass the loyalty test, even though you've always only seen your brothers be disloyal. Moses, pass the loyalty test, even though you only saw your brother and sister be disloyal to you and be more loyal to people who did nothing for them. It's the test. It's the test. Jesus, be loyal to what I sent you to do, even though you've had Judas be disloyal. Everybody, somebody say, everybody deals with it. So stop thinking, what is it about me? Nothing except for the fact that God's about to show himself strong on your behalf. So it comes to the territory. Now, pay attention to this text. This is for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. All right? So, okay, let me use you. Let me use you. Okay? So God says, all right, now, I'm going to give you. So loyalty means that I'm consistent, that I'm faithful, that I'm reliable, that you don't have to worry about me being where I'm supposed to be because loyalty says I make sure that I'm always where I'm supposed to be. So God says, come on, be loyal, be loyal, be loyal, be loyal. Now, there's going to be things that try to interfere with your loyalty and distract you and make you turn that way. But God says, watch me, but I need you to remain loyal. I need you to remain faithful. And this faithfulness, this loyalty is going to go on a journey. It's going to go in a process, and he says, but I'm, I'm just seeing what you're going to do. So I know you got all these people looking at you, but you're going to look at them, you're going to look at me. I know you got all this stuff going on in your life. Are you going to look, watch me, are you going to look at this, or are you going to come over here and let me be your Lord? Are you going to be so obsessed with retreat that you don't accelerate in advance? God says, and if you can remain loyal to me, God says, I'm about to show myself strong on your behalf. 
What does this mean? I'm about to step in front of you now, and I'm about to handle what it is that you were like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm about to show my... 915, make this declaration. Say, God's about to show himself strong on my behalf. You're going to see strong in your family, strong in your finances, strong in your faith, strong in your future. Somebody say, God's going to show himself strong. So, so let me give you an example of God showing himself strong. They tell you, no, 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 no. God will turn somebody's heart. And after no's, he said, uh-uh, you don't run nothing. Give them a yes. Can you release that in this atmosphere on this first Sunday of this new month and this first Sunday of the second half? Say yeses are in the atmosphere. The doctor will say, is this, 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 this. God says, I'm going to show myself strong on your behalf. And I'm going to reverse what the report said. And when they thought there was illness, when they thought there was sickness, I'm about to release healing. Say, show yourself strong, Lord. Last one. And this was the biggest shout of the day for me. If y'all don't shout, that's cool. I'm going to shout by myself. He's omniactive. What does this mean? God can do everything at all times. Have you ever felt like, I'm juggling so much, it's so much. Wait a minute, people ever felt like that? Wait a minute, wait a minute online. Wait a minute. Like, God, it's so much, it's so much, it's so much, it's so much. God is like, but I'm, I'm not active. I can do everything at all times. I got you and your kids. I can do everything when? At all times. Which means I don't have to worry about anything because he can do everything at all times. He, look, at, look at this verse. If y'all don't shout off this verse with me, I'm shouting by myself. He will not let you stumble. You miss your shout. God says, don't, don't, don't mislabel a moment, a stumble. You had a moment your thoughts got off, but I didn't let you stumble. You had a moment your thoughts weren't right, but I didn't let you stumble. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you, watch me, he will not slumber. Which means God says, I never sleep on you. Other people sleep on you. I've never slept on you. What does that mean? God says, I am doing everything at all times. I will not let you stumble. I will not let you stumble. You will not be homeless again. You will not struggle financially again. You will not go to that dark place of depression again. I will not let you stumble. Come on, 915. Open your mouth. Say, he will not let me stumble. You're not going to make those same bad relationships again. I ain't letting you stumble like that. I'm omniactive. I'm protecting you and who comes around you. I'm blocking this and that while keeping you. I'm shutting that down, shutting that down, turning this around. I am omniactive. I don't like the way some of y'all are praising him. I need you to praise him like he said, omniactive God. Go. Go. He can do everything at all times. Say everything at all times. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Here's your example. Romans 8, 28. My favorite scripture. Everybody stand in this building in the line. He's omniactive. Somebody say he's always working. <laughs> he's always working 
on our behalf. Say always. And this is the trip because often you don't necessarily feel him working. You don't necessarily see him working. Anybody in here ever worked from home and your kids are at the house? And watch me. Even though you were working, they didn't know it. So they walked in there to interrupt what you were doing because they didn't know what you were doing. I'm going to back it up and say it again because it's so simple. Some of y'all missed it. Anybody in this building online ever worked from home? And maybe it wasn't your kids. Maybe it was your spouse. It was somebody. And they walk in there just talking loud. You're in the middle of a call day. Hey, you got them hollings done? Yep, yep. Like, you know, I am working here. Watch me 915. God says, stop interrupting me. I'm working, and here you go crying and complaining. I'm working, and here you go acting a fool. I'm working, and here you go acting as if I'm doing nothing. I'm omni-active. I'm always working all the time. Romans 8, 28, this is my shout. And we know, Amplified says, with great confidence, that God, who is deeply concerned about us, here's the shout, here's the omni-active, causes I'm going to back it up. The omni-active God is the God that causes all things to work together as a plan for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Would you please open up your mouth in this building and online? And say, he's the omni-active God. Say it again. He's the omni-active God. He says, I'm always working. Please stop interrupting me. So parents, what do you do when your kids start interrupting you? You ready? You send them back in the room. You ready? And whatever they wanted... Is delayed because they keep interrupting you and don't let you have to get up out your seat thank you for calling please hold if y'all don't Bishop what do you mean I'm interrupting him when we complain when we worry all of us have these moments. My hands up first. My hands are up. My elbows are up. My shoulders are up. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. So before I even ask the question, we have these moments where we're like, God, you ain't doing nothing. Uh-uh, don't get quiet on me now. Because one thing doesn't go the way we want. We then accuse him of doing nothing. I'm not the only one. Because one thing doesn't go the way we want it to go. We're like, God, what are you doing? What's happening? Ain't nothing working. And he's like, I had all these angels. I have been... How you think you made... Who do you think started this company, huh? 
a movie. God's like, I've been doing all of this for you. And just because you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted how you wanted it one time, you have the intestinal fortitude to come and meet like that? That's no different than a company telling you, we're working on it. Give us three to five business days. <laughs> Somebody's got personal experience in the building. Can you just lift your hand and say, and he's working on everything all the time. He's the omni-God. He's working on everything for me. And he's causing things to work together for my good. He's the omni-God. Omnipresent. Omniactive. Omniscient. Omnipotent. That's my God. And I worship him. Can we just take three seconds and just put a worship in this atmosphere? A worship online, a worship on Facebook, a worship on YouTube. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Heads about eyes closed in this building and online. Today, if you need to become a Christian, good news is the bad news is wrong. Secondly, maybe you've given your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him. Today's your day to come back to him. Thirdly, if you like this moment, I don't know where things stand with God, but I sure enough want to be sure. If that's you today, you need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure wherever you're at in this building or online, on the count of three in the building, you're going to slip your hand up online. You're going to do the hand with emoji or say it's me. No guilt, no condemnation, no sin. Mr. Foreman, I've made mistakes. I failed. Great. There's no place too low where the blood of Jesus cannot flow. If that's you today, today's your day to come to the Lord. One, two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up in this building online. Do that hand with emoji or say it's me. Come on, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Online, I've got online ambassadors watching for your responses. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. You're my omni-God. You're always working. Good God. You're always working. Causing all things. Say it with authority, y'all. Causing all things to work together for my good. It's win or win for me. It's win or win for us. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, scan that QR code or text Harvest to 55498. Enter the option for salvation. When you do that, you literally uh, are going to get a text, and that text, you're going to enter the option for salvation. We're going to shoot you a message called What Next to help you walk out your relationship with the Lord. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You need a pastor. The Bible says that God gives you shepherds after his own heart. You can live here in Denver, in Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America and around the world. We'd love for you to be a part of the Harvest family. majority of harvesters have never been in a building to God be the glory for a hybrid church. We didn't even know what we were doing when we were doing it, but what was he doing? Causing all things. So that way, three years ago when a pandemic hit, we didn't miss a beat. In fact, we increased. That's why so far this year, we've not missed a beat. We are increasing. Can I just get you to open up your mouth and give God praise for years of increase without end in Jesus' name. Listen, guys, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. 
If you're going to sow the seal with me, I want you to get that ready. Two seeds. One's 82, one's 28. If you're the leader or the head of anything, sow the 82 with me for Romans 8 and 28. I heard him loud and clear. I said, Lord, no, just one. He said, what'd I say, boy? All that was going on while I was praying. We was talking. <laughs> Listen, um, 82 or 28, and you're going to just call this your omni seed. Bishop Foreman, what in the world do y'all sow the seal? What is that? Uh, listen, number one, he gives seed to the what? Sower, which means that whenever God wants to increase you, he's first going to give you seed and see what you do with it. And if you eat your seed, or if you go shopping with your seed, that's the end of your seed. But when you sow your seed, your seed goes from your present into your future to prepare a harvest for you. Okay? Where's this at in the Bible, Bishop? Several places, but explicitly clear in 1 Samuel chapter 9. When the man of God gave them instructions that spoke directly to them, uh, Saul and his servant said, what can we sow into the man of God? What can we sow to seal what we've just heard? How can you do that? You can use uh, Cash App, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman with the number 2. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, all of that's available. The email is hello at harvestchurch.church. You can mail it in, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Or, of course, our app or our website, harvestchurch.church. I love you, 915. I love you, 915. Amen. We're blessed to be a blessing. Can y'all believe, I, this just blows me away, and it shouldn't because it's what we prayed for, but 1,775 people. And thank God for hybrid because we couldn't fit that many people in the building. Not this one. Y'all be all up on one another, hanging off the lights. and It'd be hot, hot. <laughs> God has been good to us. I'm excited about our second half. I'll be down front to meet and greet you in just a few moments. Lift your giving to the Lord. So I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm a faithful giver. Therefore, I flourish. All things work together for my good. You're the omni-God. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, omni-active. You're always working and causing things to work for my good. The second half will be the best half of my life. July will be abundant supply, advancement, and acceleration. I'm going further faster in Jesus' name. Amen. Masters are passing here at Grape Street online. You can scan the QR code or hop off of the stream to give. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.